able to see what the, uh, the current So basically, I guess to give some preface is like, we're pretty much, we're having a discussion about like, really it's influencers and like how like how digital marketing really is changing the platforms of like life just in general so like we know the e3 convention is in town and a few of my buddies are here and they're they're pretty much like schooling schooling my ass up on the way shit's working this is why i hang with people that are exceptionally fucking young even though i'm older is because of the fact that you never know what information that you don't know about and that's the benefit of like being around people that have different experiences it allows you to learn shit you otherwise might not have known just from like listening to someone and their experience and where they come from so let, let, let's continue with this because this shit's getting like lit right now okay so the the group the, the big gaming group that you were discussing you were talking about yeah like the it's called they're called phase and they are they were like well i think they started like 10 years ago maybe like with call of duty like and they were these kids were like trick shotters like snipers and they started like dropping content and they just acquired more members and i think like they all have like minimum like 500,000 like subscribers on youtube and they're and this is all only their like content team not like they have like competitive teams in league of legends and fortnite and, and they're still making money all these other like ways like, like Call of Duty, uh, in Counter Strike, like everything, mm-hmm. and these kids like are now just balling in Hollywood because and nobody would know who they are. I mean, they do, they do know. Like when they have like like together like total of like I don't know twenty million like subscribers on YouTube. Of course, like people know like who they are. But you know what's funny though? Yeah. Here's the thing though. <laughs> like people in their community know who they are because like because I come from the background of like working inside of these venues. They don't know. Cause like, so I'll give an example. So say like some, some kid is like huge following, right? And I'm gonna use an example of last night. Friend of mine just released a show, just a show on MTV. Very popular right now. Huge influencer. And nobody knew. She walked, she walked in the venue and I was like, what the fuck? Like, why is she waiting? I'm like, she needs to be in. Like, two influencers walked in. One is like this huge makeup artist that no one knows that's like on YouTube, on Instagram, like multiple platforms. They're building in like tranny, but like popping. Like, in terms of lifestyle, kind of like, kind of like daddy issues a little bit. Like, that's the best way to describe it. Like, that same way that she kind of acts. And everyone fucks with her. They, or him, their vibe. They both walk in. No one knew who either of them were. And I was like, they treat them like they're regular people, and I'm going. The hospitality needs to be like a little bit more aware. Like you guys are getting so old that you're not aware of like who's coming up and like who's changing. And you're putting all of your money into like shit like Tiger and these people that aren't really popping anymore. And you don't realize that that like you need to be focusing on these digital people who are popping. Yeah. That your most of your demographic knows, and when they go, oh shit, this person showed up, and they're getting excited for, and you're going, well, who the fuck is that? You need to fucking know. No, you're right. Like, this kid, like, one of the kids that, like, was in, in this, like, game, like, team, he was, I don't know, like, maybe you've heard of him. His name's Ricegum. That's the name sounds actually like, like, he player. started on, he started streaming video games on, like, MLG, like, .tv. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know if he went to Twitch or not, but, like, he had a lot of followers. And then he used that to build up his YouTube channel. Because he just he cross, point, cross-promoted yeah, his platform. At some point, he was gaining like 30,000 subscribers a day like he was at some point he was the fastest growing youtuber like i think like a year and a half two years ago he was the fastest growing youtuber like on the planet like he went from like 
he went from a hundred thousand. Wow, G. He went from like a hundred thousand like subscribers to like three million in like a month. Damn, dude. And yeah, this that's... year he was in a Super Bowl commercial. Yeah, <laughs> that's not right. <laughs> that's not something that just happened. No, not at all. See, see, big brands have been big brands are starting to really wake up to the power of like influencers because so like especially like in modeling, I'm seeing a lot of people that do not look like models, but they will like so Paxton Paxton just collaborated with uh, uh, Travis Scott gave him his own like yes. shirt line, yes. so they're doing an event Thursday at Poppy or whatever. And what's funny about that is like my whole thing is no one even knows. I'm like because I'm like my mind thinks like a marketer and I go oh Paxton just released you know gave him his own shirt line. They're trying to get their hands in, in, the, in the, the, the product of the right consumers. So they're paying the venue to host the shit there. And the club doesn't even understand. Okay, yeah, you sponsored it. Are you recording the content? What's your pre your after marketing plan to make sure that, it, that it, you keep stoking the fire for PacSun? Yeah. Because they're paying you in hopes of they sell more clothing. But if they don't sell any fucking clothing, PacSun's a business. What are they going to do? Right and and nobody in your environment knows how to market because you're promoters and VIP hosts. You don't understand like brands. They need to make money. How are you gonna double like selling tables? What are you gonna give them fifty percent of the bar or some shit? That's not useful to them. They need to fucking push product. And right now they're like, oh, we need your young consumers there. It's little shit like that that like you gotta think outside that box. If you're whatever you're trying to start, collaborating with an influencer. You know, back they used to be celebrities or whoever was in print. Now it's whoever's popping on social. Yeah. Right? Because magazine's dying. So no one reads that anymore. Now it's your online blog or your vlog. That's the way we get information. And now it's uh, Facebook. We, we will read long posts on Facebook to get our, like, daily news. We don't even go to, like, we don't watch no news, no TV. But we're still spending money on billboards. And, like, spamming ads on fucking, like, a banner page. I hate email. I hate getting emails from Ty Lopez. Hate them. <laughs> He's always trying to sell me shit. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Like, you're so annoying. Give me some value. Stop being like, come get my $6.99 course. Knowledge. Yeah, well, through my knowledge society. I'm like, bro, you just repurpose like some, some more social media platform that I can like steal off a BitTorrent or one of your private groups because you didn't really add anything new. You added maybe one or two new fucking videos. You're gonna like up the price an extra three, four thousand dollars because these eighteen-year-olds are like, yeah, tie, 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 and like, yeah, yeah. At one point, you were giving solid value, but now, in like in your emails, you're just trying to sell me all the fucking time, and I'm getting frustrated. And like, all brands do that. Yeah, they do that. How many emails do you actually fucking open up now? Anyone that I know. Right. So like, if you're a brand, and they're trying to get your attention. Like, no, that- <laughs> no it doesn't even show up in my mail, like in my inbox. Like, I have like different like inboxes. I'm like. Google does it, and yeah. So like, there's one that's like, it's called like personal. Yeah. I don't even like the rest. Like Google just like realizes it. It's like a really like they like trying this like smart platform. So like yeah, just like separates them, and I don't even like try this. Like because every once in a while I open it, delete all, and then I close it. See, if you think about that from like Google or Google's perspective, it's because like you use their platform for like search. And if you're having an experience that's making you disassociate and like not have a good time on their platform, you're not gonna use their platform anymore. Yeah. Same with Instagram. Remember all that that like that uh, bot like people were using bots. So the algorithm got smart and picked up on oh shit, these bunch of like fake followers. No one's really like engaging with the content, and they realized if we don't stop this, our users are gonna stop using the platform. Because it comes down to if people stop using the platform, what are advertisers gonna do? Pull out advertisers. 
marketers are what make magazines, these free platforms run. So if people aren't using it and I'm not getting my ad dollars worth, why am I gonna keep putting money into the platform? It's all about that like traction that you bring. Exactly, so they have to think about how do our consumer enjoy themselves? How do we make it easy for them to put content in front that they only fucking care it's about? It's crazy how like they, like you can get, like how, how traction matters when you're actually marketing like on social media. Oh yeah. Cause like I have like a friend, like I have like a trainer and uh, he's based in the Bay Area and the, the guy has like one and a half million followers. And but like he gets like 30,000 likes on like pictures. Right. So that's like, that's not good traction. That's that's like 5%. Yeah. yeah. That- that's like 3% actually. Yeah. That's like around like well, yeah, so it's less. Less, yeah, it's like one and a half percent. Yeah. yeah, and then if you look at the, if you, then if you if you look at if we go from like followers to likes to yeah. comments, so like he's getting like three percent on like one and a half percent right? on, on one like on one and a half million followers, and my friend here, the YouTuber kid, he has one hundred thirty thousand followers. Way more fucking engagement. Thirty percent, which is dude. Exact, thank you for making like, that 30, point. Thirty thousand fo- like thirty thousand likes. Yeah, they get paid the same. Yeah, exactly. see, because brands yeah, are wa- brands are waking up that it's not about count yeah. and likes. It's, it's about engagement because which takes more investment to like it? Not really, because yeah. you people got bots now that can do that. Real actually taking time to make a comment instead of a fucking fire emoji or a watermark, right? Because we know how that shit goes. It takes more to actually like write a legitimate comment, and that's what I keep telling people about. It's also the engagement back. It's like a conversation, yeah. social media. I need to be, if you like comment to my shit, I need to be fucking responding back to you and shit. That's why Gary Vee's so popping, because he actually responds back to every single person, as big as he is. So he's like, he's not a brand, he's like, uh, feels like an actual person, he's like really a lot more transparent. Brands need to become like your friends and not be brands. Or, like, think about it, remember like, remember, so like, I'm actually gonna preface this because like, we met because I technically like promoted to you, whatever. And remember the key word I said, I'm like, no, like, come out when you want, I'd just rather be your friend. Yeah. It's because I know the power of brand. I'm like, if I'm not your friend and I don't add value to you, I'm like a spamming email coming into your inbox. Yeah, because like, mm-hmm. like, you take a look at me and like, you're like this kid is at USC. He's 22. He's already going out. You know? Yeah, you're at the age. You're in yeah. like, <laughs> most likely, it's just not me. Like, yeah. every other guy here. Exactly. You're already just like probably like no promoter. Go out. So like, exactly. You gotta, like, yeah, you're right. Like, so what's gonna make me stand out from like everyone else that's blowing up your fucking phone? It's me. It's me just actually being your fucking homie and shit, and just actually like hanging out with you and adding value. Like that's why. Like I was like, oh, I can't be like a traditional promoter who just knows about like one thing of like aspect of life. And you have actually like experience. what got me in actually was the fact that you were like you saw it the the, the way I saw it because a lot of commonalities. They're like they're like yeah, come to the club, bring like at least two three girls with you. I'm like, okay, I'll do that, and I'll get it, right? This guy saw it both ways. Girls go to a club to have fun. Yep. <laughs> you know? Like, there have been so many times that I take, like, I don't know, seven, eight, nine girls to the club, and they're, like, at the table, bored. Bored because shit. Because me and the promoter guy are only, only dudes. Only dudes there, and the guy is, like, like I don't know, like 50 years old. And he's kind of fat. Yeah. And he's balding. And the girls go, like... There's no good looking guys and they fucking leave the table. And I started realizing if I'm gonna get more of my girls to come out and hang out, let me bring a squad of like 10 to 15 really good looking dudes. Like, so I like, so I balance my table this way. One gay guy, 
because there's like safe Hell always, yeah. always. Hell yeah. And then they turn up the table. They make the girls feel comfortable, feel safe. Some good-looking dudes or whatever that are cool, that are chill, and that can make girls laugh. Because then at the pregames, because I'm gonna run around introducing people. That's my whole thing. Yeah. Keeping everyone's drinks so and introducing people. Because if I can introduce you to this girl who will be kind of cunty with a commonality or whatever, and you want to create like a crew, like a crew or like that. That's the name of the game is to create like a crew. Yeah. So like, okay, all your homegirls, okay, let me take care of them like, like, like they're my sister and then introduce all of you guys to other people and like constantly help you guys as your like group and your unit. Because then the more people that I keep adding into your life, the bigger the crew becomes. So it's like adding ingredients to like a pot, right? Eventually makes a really good soup. <laughs> yeah, and it's great that you like, you, you say that you're not a promoter. Your marketer, because I, I, my friend, my cousin in London, she like taught me this. She's like, I was asking her, I'm like, hey, like, do you think if I, like, I should promote? Like, I, like, I've heard it's good money. Girls hate it. And she's like, you can do it, but it's gonna literally kill every opportunity you have with any network you make. Yep. Because they're just gonna see you as a promoter. They just see you as like some yeah. like bottom feeding like. Everyone thinks I drink. I don't drink. Everyone thinks that like I'm some like fuck up and I'm probably the most disciplined person. Yeah. I go to bed at like 2 or 3.30. I'm back up by 6 or 7.30 every morning. In the gym by 8. Out the gym by 10. Back, like, like seven days a week. Like four years. And people are like, you don't look that old. Because it's called discipline. If I want to run a business that's scalable, I cannot be a... I cannot get drunk and then I'm with a client and then... You know how many times I've seen people like fuck up really good opportunities because they were too drunk and said that one thing they shouldn't have said. Because business people, they'll party, they turn up, but they always, rich people do this. And they smile and they'll say shit, but they watch everything. What you're saying, what you're doing. And then one of my mentors, real nice guy. Yeah, brother, it's so good to see you. Good to see you. Remember we threw this party together. He goes, uh, he said, yeah. He goes, uh, Jay, who's the one person that's getting really drunk? I'm like, oh, it's this kid. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, He goes, he just goes, okay, so I want to know. He goes over, he goes, yeah, that person can never get in again. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my gosh. That was Brutal. like silent, but like death by smile. Because people that have a lot of value. Yeah. And this dude knows every major, like, player in the city. Like, every, like, big, like. So I just realized I'm like, and he's the sweetest sweetest person everyone like a big teddy bear and I'm always like that's a connection I'm not going to fuck up so I was like I'm real careful who I bring about him water tonight <laughs> so when I'm out I'm like even when I get like lit I'm like <laughs> no I'm like my brain's like who's who knows who what might you say that his dad's the owner of something because my life has been like that that one person that I'm like I don't, I'm gonna be nice to them. Like, I don't, like I'm just, I, you know, I'm gonna treat everyone as if they have some have value to offer. And most of the time, that is always the case. I end up running into their father or someone that like knows them, and they go, "Yeah, I heard really good things about you." And I go, "Oh shit!" Or like investors, yeah, you know, honestly, the only reason I've invested in your business is because you got a really good word from like uh, uh, my son or, and I'm like, "Damn!" Yeah, like I, I run into this kind of stuff like every day, like. Like three days ago, I was at Sun Life meeting with this kid that I'm trying to room with next year, mm -hmm. and like he reached out to me online because like 
right. there's there's these like mashing like services like for Lorenzo. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I, Lorenzo be I, I watched them do. They're like, hey, you're coming to school. <laughs> Come do your free consultation. And I'm like, they're just spamming. So like, I just like I matched with this like one guy to like room with him. He starts, we start talking, you know. At first, I almost blew him up. Because I was like, I mean, I, but like, I'm like, you know, I don't know him. Like, he, he might, might be a, a stalker. Cool yeah. 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 So I, I start talking to him. And I'm like, so like, first of all, like, it turns out to be like this genius, like, in like computer science. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Like, yeah, I'm down to like, at this point, I was right. I'm like, okay, I'm rooming with him. Yep. Sure. And I'm like, hey, so like, what, like, we start like talking about our, about our parents. And I'm like, hey, so like, what does your parents do? It's like, uh, my mom's an attorney and my dad's a writer. I'm like, writer? Like, what kind of writer? He's like, he writes like, uh, he's like in the film industry. I'm like, oh, okay, like, what is his, what, what's his, like, uh, work? He's like, Transformers and, like, G.I. Joe. <laughs> oh, shit. And I'm and like, like, wait, what? Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, trying so hard to keep him straight. Straight face, like, yep. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> Dude, hap- I met uh, so met this met this kid right. I was at uh, Bungalow, right? Pua Central, right? I'll <laughs> <laughs> have to edit that part out, <laughs> right? But go to Bungalow, meet these these two dudes are kind of like no one's really talking to them. Go talk to them, whatever. And because I'm I'm actually I was filming like live me like networking inside of a room to like drop for like uh, content. And as we're filming, I finished the content, and like they asked me, hey, what are you doing? And I like explained it or whatever, and I'm like, okay, cool. Like we talked about an hour and a half. Come to find out, the dude to my like right is the um, he does the property acquisition for Equinox, the brand. All of their like every location that Equinox has, he is the guy, like the guy. Uh, like uncle, like owns like a few of like the top fashion magazines in like, New York. I was like, damn. What was his last name? Uh, I'll have to look through like my. Or something? No, it's, it's something he's uh uh like Armenian guy. Oh wow. The other person I met, uh, private, private, uh, private, private, like, pro- yeah, private equity investor for the film industry. Was just in town and was uh, it was like doing going. He's like, oh, I'm only in town for like this like premiere or whatever. Then like I fly back tomorrow. And he's like, yeah, I just had my buddy just come fly out. And I'm like, oh, and the first he doesn't do just Equinox. It's also for Soul Cycle. Oh, wow. I was like, you got to be kidding me. Like, you got. They're both huge. They're huge. They're huge. And I'm just like, mm, like, everyone's treating these fools like. And I'm like, man, I'm so glad. I'm so glad that I came from like a poor upbringing. <laughs> so it taught me to like never sleep on people and treat everyone like there's somebody. Because my mother just taught me. She goes, boo boo. There's only one thing you got in this world. You don't come from money. It's not what you know. It's who you know. That was the only lesson my mother ever taught me. So, like, I just learned the power of, like, shut the fuck up. Be nice. Kindness is ROI positive. It sounds like Gary Vee, but it's humility. It's ROI positive. You never know who you're going to meet. You never know who knows who that, like, could give you that one introduction that could leapfrog. Especially people that, like naturally have a knack for networking and they like like people oh yeah they're the people they're that like usually and, just, and you're going what the how the fuck do y'all know each other people think like like how can like dudes that are like kind of like ugly looking date like like really top-notch girls because their networks are huge and and pe- and they can relate to that rich dude or whatever they can relate to like the super poor person and they can go into a room and just make everyone fucking love them 
and they go, how do they have that? And it's just like they they relate. They don't, and they're they're just kind. They're humble. They like don't need to brag about it. They're just like they're just comfortable with you being you, whatever that is. And it's like I remember my mentor was telling me because there's three qualities you want to look for in like high value people: Gra- uh, optimism, gratitude, and humility. He said you want to find like billionaires that like have an awesome life. Those three things: a hot girl or whatever that like is gonna have a lot of value in her life. Those three things. And I was like, now I said looking, I'm like, no, those are qualities I look for in people. Because if I can find those, I'm like, I don't care what, how much money you make. You'll, you'll get there. Like, you just need to be around the right people. But if you have those three things, it's game over. You're going to slay. Because you naturally will connect people. Your optimism, you're happy. You'll want to talk to people. You see the life is not like, you don't see it as half empty. Or you don't see it as half empty, but it's half full. Opportunity. You never know who you're going to meet. So you just... I don't know who, I don't know you, your parents might own Trader Joe's. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. You might meet someone tomorrow that is able to help. And that's how business works. It's all constant networking. It's all like, oh man, I have a homie I think who does, oh, I think I know of a, how you think all big giant businesses, it's someone that you went to school with or like <laughs> some connection from like way back when. One of my homies, he's doing a, he's at NYU right now for entertainment law. Or entertainment law, but it's for, but it's for uh, it's for uh, business acquisitions, like corporate mergers. He does all the law for like, and I was like, that's nice. And I'm like, everyone's like, he's a nerd. I'm like, that fool's going places. I'm like, when you get out of school, homie, let me know, because I'm like, I want to set you up with like my network of people that I can that can help you. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, dude, be nerdy. Don't worry about like club shit. I'm like, I'll take care of you when you're in fucking New York. I'll put you up with all my connections. Don't even worry about that. I'm like, just you focus on your school shit. Cause that nigga gonna be somebody. Half my graduating class, all pregnant and shit and fucking getting fat. No. And like and they and I was the like fat kind of like one that slept on the people slept on or whatever in school. And them same people ain't doing shit now. Very few. Very few are even still like alive. Car crash. It's a real shit, man. Like think about it. Think about your career, like if you like think back to all the shit that probably happened in your graduating class till now. Some are dead. Straight up. Yeah. Would you appreciate a lot more too? Because you know, Bro. Still, uh, I've, I've seen my friends OD Bro. in Las Vegas. I've seen them like yeah, like some fucked up shit, man. Like and like I mean, yeah, we go to USC, so like a lot of the kids don't have those kind of problems that like a lot of like other like. You know, kids like have to deal with, but at the same time, like still like twenty-year-olds and like nineteen-year-olds. Like you never know, man. Like what people go through. I used to think that like people didn't really have problems, and the more I would talk to people, the more like I'd be like, their stories fucked you know, like, up. We had a suicide two months ago. There in USC. Yeah. Shit, I know. This freshman. A freshman. Yeah. This girl. So I bet I you now the school taking man like oh. I like. I, like, I woke up, I saw it, like, in the group chat, and I'm like, alright, like, is it, like, April Fool's or something? Like, literally. No, it's like, a real thing. And then I opened my emails, and I, there's an email from DPS that, like, says, like, hey, like, we got, like, there was a suicide, and, like, all the, our condolences to, like, this person's family, and, like, yeah, like, we're gonna, like, release more information, like, later. Dude, it was, yeah, like, people, like, go through some shit. Yeah, people don't realize that shit. Bro, I had a fr- like, I mean, there's friends of mine. Or there was a girl that a friend of mine um, went through a miscarriage. Or not a miscarriage. Uh, to do talk to her, like, an abortion. She's, like, like mentally just... 
yeah, destroyed you never by know it. what people have been through. Yeah. And see, that's why you add good energy, add good like emotion to other people. The optimism comes. In. The optimism, yeah. man. Like, because you never know. And also, at the same time, you may be able to help them out that situation. Yeah. And at the same time, they may have something that you may not know that yeah. you actually needed, like, yeah. or a connection or somebody else that. Like, or they just be a good friend of them. Like, shit, they yeah, may right. turn out to be your yeah. best friend for so, life. Like, we were talking about this, like, me and my friend, the the uh, influencer guy, the first couple of times. This is one of, one of the reasons that I, I connected with him. Like, we were t- like, it came up that, like, hey, like, this networking thing came up. And he's like, I'm like, hey, like, if I can help someone with a text or a call, I'm going to do it. Do it. And I'm not going to ask anything for return. Mm-hmm. It's just a text to me. Yeah. You know? And he was like, yeah, like, if I want to, like, if I can, like, for example, like, help your brand and, like, connect you with, like, my manager or something and he's with a phone call, like, yeah, I'll do it. That's mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying. Like, it's people think it's so much work to, like, add value and it's like, it's not. It's not. It just takes a little mental acuity of, like, knowing who can help. Like, th- like, like that's what's, like, like, so interesting in my mind is that like if the world I think was more like that I feel like it'd be a lot better of a place but most people don't they're like I feel like I don't know if it's I don't I don't think it's a cultural thing just from America because like I'm like I come from like a background of like being Jewish where like our whole thing is like community and family is a lot so like is you're expected to help people out of their shit yeah you're not supposed to leave like see like an injustice and it's just like completely okay and I'm like, I always think about that. So like, that's, I think that's what like, where I get like angry sometimes with people is this. When I know someone is capable of better and they're doing something that I know that like, they're not like that. Or like, if I see some, like when I like, when someone's being like fake and I know the deeper sides of like, like someone, oh, this person's an asshole. And I'm like, oh, actually their mom's going through cancer. That's why they're pissed off. Right. And I can be empathic. But when people are like deliberately choosing to be fucking shitty to other people i'm like you need to take a step back and think about how fucking good you have it because there's some people going through worse like way worse shit always Mm -hmm. i was telling my friend this like he was like super pissed about like a girl or something and he was like bro life like he was like going through it and i'm like bro like this is this is like i lived in dubai for a year so like this is like back then and I'm like, I literally like stop. I'm like, bro, think about it. You're whining. You're sitting in a limo. <laughs> thank, thank on you. On your way with me to a club, right? We have our friends flying in from London, wherever the fuck they're from. Uh-huh. We're gonna party, and then you're gonna plan your trip to Europe tomorrow. And then you're saying that your life sucks because the girl is not answering your texts, uh-huh. <laughs> bro. Like, Man. like, shut oh, the fuck up. Exactly. Like, you know, the only, the only person I, 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 I get like that too. Like, sometimes yeah. I'm, I'm like, I lose it. I'm like, oh man, like, I fucking hate this. And then I suddenly like, I come to myself. I'm like, bro, yeah, okay, so what? Like, this sucks right now. But like, I go to like probably the most expensive school like in the country. Thank you. Where you go to that gratitude. Yeah. Part. Let's say like, yeah. let's say I don't, I don't drive a Ferrari. I have a Hyundai. Yeah. You know, I don't have to worry about the roof over my head. You know? <laughs> it's like gratitude. Like, yeah, it's like I have my parents and like they're taking care of me. Uh-huh. Just, just chill the fuck out and okay, go it's figure so- it out. Go work hard and then get the Ferrari if you want. Dude, that's always what I. That's always what I literally think about. Like anytime I want to bitch or complain, like 
Like literally, I remember going like, I wanted to complain this one day, right? I was like coming home from like, it was like seven in the morning, whatever. I was like networking like out really late. Come back and I'm sitting there like bitching about, man, like did I have to like catch his appointments? Fuck, like this shit's been like a hell, like a hell of a like rough month. I'm like, fuck dude, like this is like, this shit's gotta change. And I'm bitching and I'm complaining. And this little voice goes, look at the homeless dude that's walking by you. You're going home at 7 a.m. because you fucking chose to go home at 7 a.m. in the morning. He's walking at 7 a.m. in the morning because he has nowhere else to go. And I'm like, fuck. Like, you know, I was like, yeah. damn, I'm such a bitch. Mm-hmm. I happen to keep walking. The man has a fucking epileptic seizure in the middle of Hollywood and Highland. Right after that. The next voice that goes, and I'm going, fuck, I'm late for an appointment. I'm like, but then, but then my mind goes, there's no greater injustice than to see suffering in the world and good men stand by and do nothing. Because it was like this quote of this book, and I was like, oh! And I'm just like, fuck, dude. So I'm like, I go back, like, and like, try to like stop traffic because it's the middle of, if, like, it's a red, like, it's a, like, for people crossing right now, if that, you know, that four directional crosswalk, if that light turns, someone's gonna hit him. Bag, you know, he's all his shit's everywhere, and he's, he is. Flailing. And I'm going, fuck, dude. Like, go stop traffic, start like trying to call for help and shit. Cause I remember there's a study from like psychology influence that was talking about like uh, like rape culture. That like the more people that are around, basically, so like if someone's like is getting raped and like they're going help, 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 and there's a bunch of people around, no one's gonna help. Because people go, oh well, someone else can do it, so they won't stop. Yeah. But if someone sees a rape and it's on like one person on the street. They feel compelled because there's no one else around to do it. So the social proof in a negative situation actually doesn't help the situation. So then I was like, oh, shit, I remember from the study, never ask for help, go fire. Because <laughs> people worry about their own well-being, so they stop and they turn and look. So I'm going, help, fire, fire, fire. People turn and I'm like, then I just stop and I go, and I start justifying reasons for people to like stop and like give me compliance to get the help necessary cops gonna come able to just like resuscitate the man like put him in like the paramedics and i just end up going and i'm just like fuck dude like and i always think i'm like man that's crazy like what if that was someone's dad and i and i'd have kept walking yeah you're right. I, I, like like i had like if he like died and i saw like on the news knowing that like i walked by that dude you'd have to live with that sh- no you're right you're right mm-hmm. just thought but, but we do this a lot of the time. Like we don't, we, we get so wrapped up in our own world and like we have so much, but we complain so much you more for the amount of shit we have, you man. You see what you have until you lose it. And that doesn't help you at all too because like when you complain, like you can't achieve the shit that you want in the first place. Cause like say your friend, you know, he was complaining about that girl. Yeah. When he goes to the club, do you think he's gonna see all the hot women around him that are probably even hotter than the girl that he was complaining no, 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 no. about? No, because he's gonna be focused on that that one fucking negative thing instead of focusing on the positive. I was like, bitch, you're a millionaire. Like, like yeah, <laughs> it's crazy, man. Shit, <laughs> like, yeah, neg- I honestly I believe like negativity and, and complaining and, and like depression too. Like, it's only it's you can only afford to do that if you're at the bottom. You don't have nothing else. Like, like you you. Cannot afford Even then there's always, always Someone going through worse. worse I know There's always somebody Doing worse But you don't have the time Like if you are Trying to go places You don't have the time yeah. to Depression My mother depressed. said Depression is a fucking luxury Yeah that's, <laughs> that's, <laughs> all, that's what I was My mother goes Those are some good quotes yeah, It is a luxury She goes I remember I remember I, she, Yeah cause I, I made a post About on Instagram 
And my mother, my mother goes, she goes, Negro, depression's a fucking luxury for niggas that ain't got enough shit to do. She said, do you think when I had y'all, when I was like, when it was like in my early 20s when I had y'all, and you're like, mama, we hungry, that I had the fucking luxury of being depressed? Nigga, I had to, y'all didn't give a shit about, my mama's not feeling like it. You're like, bitch, feed me. <laughs> and I just remember going, I was like, damn, that really puts it in perspective. <laughs> Do you have the? Do you, can you afford to be fucking depressed when like the light bill is due tomorrow? Yeah, and you got kids. You gotta hustle. Hustle, man. You gotta like get up and figure it out. So I can hear Gary be like, "Does your hustle match how big your fucking mouth is?" Mm-hmm. Does your hustle match how? How big your not fucking yet. mouth is, and I'm just like, mine's not, not, mine's I'm not like, yet. not yet. No. And I'm like, I'm like, I talk a lot of shit. Yeah. That's why I be like, sleep four hours a night, cause I'm like, I can just hear Gary be like, wake the fuck up, or I can hear CT Fletcher be like, nigga, it's still your motherfucking set, and I'm like, yeah, I'm like, that fool died three times, like I ain't got nothing at Trump's death. I'm like, I gotta get the fuck up. I'm being kind of a little bitch right now. Mm-hmm. Hey, you just gotta be real with yourself sometimes, though. Like, you gotta tell yourself when you beat a bitch. The, but that's why it's good to have friends around you. That don't co sign your bullshit. Yeah, you don't want yes men around you. You want people who are actually gonna call you out on your bullshit. Or if you have a business or a part, business partner, you want people to be like, hey, man, you're like, fucking, you're up, fucking up at this. Like, you need to, like, step your game up here. Yeah, yeah. Bro, I got rid of all my broke friends that made excuses because I know I'm like, the reason you're broke is not because of the fact you're broke, because broke is temporary. Poor is a mentality. Mm-hmm. Because most people that are wealthy, what their wealth is, is not. It's, and they spend the majority of their money on acquiring assets and like training their brain. That was the biggest thing I learned. I was like, damn, I'm like, you know, rich people were like, they were resourceful as shit. Mm-hmm. My mentor taught me three things. He said, he goes, did you want to make a lot of money? He says, real simple. He goes, whenever I start a business, it's literally three things I think about. I go, one, what, who, and how. And I was like, what the fuck? He's like, what, who, and how. He said, what do I want to achieve? So like, what type of, what type of business do I want to start? What is it gonna to take to make it happen? Who do I need to make it that has the expertise to help me to do this? And how do I add value to them to make them wanna do it? And I was like, oh, that's fucking brilliant. He said, because then now I just make the calls and it's like, it's done. He just started this new like new um, entrepreneur like endeavor like out in London, he moved back. Same deal, I learned social circle form. And that was the biggest thing I took from him. And so every time I think about a problem, what, who, and how, and I just, that's all I ask. I wanted to like date this girl. What, who, and how? It just—it's it, very easy to streamline your thinking that way. Yeah, it's like you're right. Like it's about your resources and like. Because I don't know if you've heard of like this thing. So here's how I, I fell in love with entrepreneurship. I read this book called "Things I Wish I What I Wish I Knew When I Was 20. Ooh. It's by this uh, professor, entrepreneurship professor, in uh, she she teaches at at Stanford and. Uh, first like few pages were like th- have you heard of the red paper clip theory no but i'm like i'm i'm, I'm interested so, in like, this is one guy called uh something mcdavid or something i, I, I don't remember his, his last name now uh, so he traded the red paper clip started with the red paper clip and he traded with, with his way up to a house in a year so like every time he traded, like he traded that paperclip, he tried to acquire some more value. Like, hey, like you have a pen, 
I have a paper clip. Do you want to like you want to order? Yeah. Exchange? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And then exchange the the pen with like a book. The book with like I don't know like, two books. Two books with like a I don't know a bag or a wallet. A wallet with a with a belt. A belt with a pants and then. It, he traded up to a house. Dude, that's fucking like, sick. I'm like, dude, that's like, I want to read that shit because that's so fire. Like, but here's the here's the funny part. So like, I was actually like, I like, I attended one of her classes and like this is what one of her like most famous like projects that he has. So her, the first like her first time that he she did this, she gave like groups of students an envelope that had a five dollar bill. And she said, you guys have two days to brainstorm. And from the moment that you open this envelope, you have two to, two hours to acquire as much value as you can. Dude, that's, that, that is really, that's such a great exercise. And this, and you have two minutes to present your, what, what you did in class the next Monday. A lot of people like try to use the five dollars to like sell like lemonade on the street, fail, they try to like like buy like umbrellas and rent them out on a rainy day and it turned out to like not rain in San Francisco that day. Yeah. Like they went broke. A group like but like the whole point of this thing like how much do you think the first group made with that five dollars? Nothing. It depends. Depends on because I'm like that because like that's that's or like there's not enough information. No, the first group, the, the first the group, win, yeah. the winning group. Oh, oh, the, oh, the, the first team. Oh, I'd say uh, probably. Uh, they probably got the most value, but I'm wondering like because I'm first thousand, thing I'm thinking is they probably were the most creative. Seven hundred and fifty dollars. They traded up. Yeah, that means they learned leverage. Here's the thing. Do you know what they did? So like, one group, what they did was they went to Palo Alto, which is where Stanford is located at. Yep. During like the rush hour for restaurants, they got they got tables, they reserved tables, and they sold the tables. They are value arbitrage. Okay. But the winning and they they brought in like around hundred dollars, hundred dollars. The winning team came to class, and in that two minutes, they showed a presentation, an ad for a company that was recruiting for business students. They sold the two minutes that they had. They didn't even open them. That's the whole point. You don't need the five dollars to make money. The asset is in the oh, two minutes that yeah. you have in that class. Well, so they got the see, business to sponsor. Yeah, the, they the, went to the business. They're like, hey, we have two minutes in a class at Stanford filled with business students. Yeah. Do you want to market? Like, do you want to like recruit them? Yes. Okay. Give us seven hundred fifty dollars. We'll make an app for you. That's amazing. Dude, no, here's what's, yeah, cra- no, here's what's crazy though. But here's the thing. You it's outside here. the box. You don't even think. The whole point. The whole oh, that's fucking thing is that brilliant. You don't need the five dollars. Uh huh. The money is nothing. It's, yeah, it's, resources. It's, yeah, it's well, resources. Well, dude, money is public confidence. <laughs> yeah. See what's what's it's the assets that you have. It's no, no. It's actually. It's your mind. How because you think, man? it's yeah. it's not about it's not about like in one part it's what you know. So there's like if information. Okay, you know they say uh, knowledge of. Uh, Knowledge that isn't used is knowledge wasted, but knowledge that is applied correctly is like it's like dangerous. Yeah. So it's about wisdom. It's about taking like going, okay, I know this is a cup. What can I do with it? Yes. Exactly. The knowledge of like, like, cause so I, there's so many people that go like, how do you do this type of shit? And it's like, yeah, you're reading the, you're reading the shit, 
but you're not thinking about how this knowledge applies to your individual situation and how to use it. That's why I remember dropping one of my marketing classes because I was like, they're not training us to think creatively enough. I'm like, this is too easy. Because when I was learning game, my mentors made me do like fucked up shit to get good. They were like, okay, you need to go and like be able to go like talk to these like really attractive girls and like you can't come back or have a place to sleep until you like hook the hook the interaction, like hook the set. And I was like, fuck. And I'm like, okay, six principles of influence. <laughs> what leverage do I have here contextually? I'm like, how am I dressed? It, is this in my favor? Maybe. Because I know classical conditioning is the monkey wrench that can like change it. I'm like, okay, what can I do? And then I just started like creatively thinking, figured out how to make it work, I was able to walk in and go hook it. And I just remember going, oh, don't go in, don't go in the way everyone else would. Go in and like ask, ask for solicitation, asking for a favor. If I ask for a favor, I can get compliance. You owe me something, you're gonna be nice. Ben Franklin principle. So I remember I just walked in and I was like, hey, really quickly, if you don't mind asking, because you, um, you guys happen to have the time, but I only ask you because you have like a really pleasant face and I'm kind of in a rush to go take care of a meeting. And they're like, oh yeah, not a problem. Oh my God, thank you so much. Thank you so much. You guys are like really friendly. Oh, you know what? It's not a problem. How are they going to not admit to being friendly after just helping someone solve a problem that they had? So now I've just yeah. pre-framed their behavior or we're like called priming. And they're like, oh, so now I know I just bought myself another like two minutes. Oh my God, thanks. You guys are so friendly. Yo, because you guys are so friendly, I'm just curious. What's the occasion? What are you guys doing here? Because I just saw you guys are having these type of outfits. They're like, oh, we're here for... And like, I was like... You're in. You're in. But it was coming in thinking outside of the box, the same, taking the information and going, here's how to go ahead and make that work for me. But I'm like, dude, that dude, that that right there was like, yeah. that's so gold. Mm -hmm. like, because nobody would have thought about, people were like, oh, take five. And they like discard the five. They were like, yo, you're a business. You're looking for, that is, that's so gold. Yeah, so like any, like any one of the teams that actually made some profit were the teams that didn't use the five dollars. That was like the whole point of the exercise. That it's not about money. Like there are, you have resources that you don't know about, that you don't yeah. think are valued as much. That's counterintuitive. Like, Which they are. Like, the two minutes is like more value than anything if you use it right. Exactly. And like that's how I like what like when I fell in love with entrepreneurship, I was like, yeah, shit, shit, like, damn man. Because you can solve any problem with entrepreneurship. You know you can solve any problem just by like being a part of a group or a network that can give you an idea. You have to like tackle it. You just like, yeah. A lot of times like I run into problems like with my team, everything, like whatever happens. And I, I get pissed and I'm like, okay, so like, okay, here's what being an entrepreneur is. Problem solving. And then yep. I figure it out something. And it's, it's like, it's always ugly, you know? It's always up. It's never easy. It's like always yeah. like some dumb shit happening. But you know, you just do it. Like that's the whole thing that I learned. You just go ahead and you do it. Like people ask me, hey, so like, how's the app going? I'm like, yeah, I got like four people working for me, and I have no fucking clue what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. That's my answer to all of them. I have no fucking clue what I'm doing. I'm just doing it. <laughs> Dude, people don't know entrepreneurship is literally flying by the seat of your pants, and everyone thinks that they can do it better than you. And it's like you don't understand. Like, I saw one of my homies, he's like, he's like, he wants to be like a big VC. And I'm like, look, I'm like, dude, I'm gonna be honest with him. I'm like, dude, I love you, but you're fucking soft. And then I'm like, he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, you're fucking soft. I'm like, here's why. I'm like, because if you lost all of your like comfort and shelter and how easy it was, how could you go make money tomorrow based on what you've learned? 
He's like, I couldn't. I'm like, and that's your problem. The very nature of the way you answer the question is the problem. I was asking it already knowing. It doesn't matter about the, it. It's a matter of, do you believe that you have the skills necessary right now to be able to go and hustle and make money? People are like, like, the reason, like, the reason I never have, I could never have a nine to five, I started realizing when I was going to interviews, they're like, they're paying you based off what they think you're worth. So when they see your, when they see your application, you go in to go interview, they already have like, they already know what they're looking for in their head. They just want you to match what they think in their mind. Cause there's a number in their head that they're like, okay, I'm willing to, I'm willing to pay at the top this much. So a lot of times the worst thing you can do is say a number. The best thing you can do is let them talk for an hour and a half in the meeting and get an idea of exactly what they're looking for and don't qualify your skills. Actually to discuss how you got four or five other uh, other interviews you got to go through and you're on your third round. And really you're just choosing which one is the right fit for you. Not coming in going looking for a job, coming in acting like you got four of them already lined up. You're really trying to find the right fit. So let's just cut through the bullshit. Because that's what entrepreneurs do. Entrepreneurs that legit have like options, they don't walk in being like, oh, I need a job. They walk in knowing they got a skill set. Same woman. <laughs> yeah. You don't walk with the girl without no, no, I have all this to offer you. No, like, you. What can you offer? Yeah. What can you offer? What can you do for me? Because I know what I can bring to the table. And I have an abundance right now. So, you know, I, I can. I can. I have the upper hand because. And it's not necessarily that's a win lose situation. It's win win, but. You have to look at it both ways. Many okay. start thinking like this. So, like women are the, like women are the selectors because they're ta- we're taught by said the women are selectors. Men need to also be like treat themselves as the selectors. Stop giving out your stop giving out your dick like it's not a prize to be given. When you cultivate yourself and you know what you bring to the table, you need to start treating yourself like you have some real fucking value. I feel like a lot of times, like that's what we as men we don't do that. We don't we 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 undervalue ourselves because we have mommy and daddy issues and shit, and we want someone to fucking push on yeah. And I'm like, dude, stop that shit. Like this whole Peter Pan generation of like men that fucking are like, I'm a man. No, you're a bitch. It's the truth. Fucking fucking soft. Cry baby ass. No, it's the truth. Because like most of us can't hunt, can't fish. Because <laughs> society we're collapsed. We'd be like, do we know how to like forage? I'm serious. You know, like, and that's those are the things that I think about like when you hone your skills though, and that's why I love entrepreneurship because man, it's it's never easy. It's never easy, but all of the problems and the problem solving, the shit we have to go through, it's what that's what makes it so valuable. It's the years of experience and what we've been through, and how to be able to go ahead and take that. Going, you know, you really can solve that problem just by fixing one thing or doing this one thing, and it's constantly being humble and like learning. Because you can never get comfortable as an entrepreneur. Once you get comfortable, nigga, there's someone at the bottom of the hill that's like this. Yeah, they're gonna like they're gonna take you down, bro. They're waiting to eat that lunch. And every day I'm always like, like in my mind, I'm my own worst enemy. Like I keep myself up at night, like scaring myself. Cause I'm like, man, there's some motherfucker that every hour that I want to, don't want to get there's someone else that's twice as hungry. And I know that I'm a manipulative son of a bitch. So I can only imagine some kid that's hungrier than I am. That's going through worse shit in India somewhere. And he's like, I'm going to make it like, and he's made up his mind. (laughs) Dude, people that come from foreign countries true. and shit, yeah. Americans make the least amount of money, but people that come from like other countries come here and they'd be like, that work three, four, five jobs while they're putting themselves through school, taking care of their family and still figuring out how, like a side hustle. Yeah. I mean, look at what uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger did when he came, came to America. He was working, he was going to school. He was uh, uh, also working uh, a construction job at that and lifting weights at night. 
and taking night classes, like and competing, and and, and taking training. Like, uh, how to governor? governor. <laughs> After being like a big like Hollywood actor, I'm like, bro, like don't tell me <laughs> it can't be done. Yeah. I'm like, dude, Eric Thomas. Yeah. I'm like, dude, can you beat like Mama had him like when she was like like 13? He was homeless for years, and I'm like, now he's one of the top motivational speakers. I'm like, Tony Robbins. Mm-hmm. I mean, like. It's people that usually have it the hardest that like. Oh, yeah, and it gives them that drive. Like a lot of times, that pain. It I realize. I realize that, and like, because uh, like, yeah, I've been fortunate enough for like my parents to like, like give me a good life. Yeah. Like yeah, I'm not saying that like they're crazy like wealthy or like billionaires, but like they gave like given me a like really like comfortable life. It's like every time I thought about this, I'm like, like every like successful entrepreneur I see, I'm like, oh, dude. Th- at some point, this guy had nothing. nothing. So like, then I just like realized like I'm like, I started doubting myself. I was like, Can I really make it? Because I, I have really, it. like make it like because I've had it. You can. You just have a couple, a couple of a hunger. Because yeah. what these people have that went through bullshit, yeah. they have hunger. Yeah. But you can still come from. And they got a chip on their shoulder. Yeah, and that's the chip on sugar adds to the flame of hunger. But you just have to cultivate that hunger. You That's either exactly do that one of two ways. You can either hang around hungry people, which will automatically make you hungry. Yeah, I started putting like, or like, picking my friends like closely. Just, like, and my closer friends are like entrepreneurs. Like, I have this one guy friend. Oh my god, this kid is like, he's he's a music manager. Mm-hmm. Twenty two years old. Left. Uh, he he used to go to Mizu, the University of Missouri. Dropped out of school. Moved to LA. Taking classes at LA, LA Film School online and like managing artists, and like there has been times that this kid has had like ten dollars like in his account, mm-hmm. and he hustles. he hustles, and I like respect him like with everything. Like I have questions about like how to email someone about mm-hmm. something. This is the kid I go to like. He's, he's my age, but I ask him questions because like, like I know like he's done it more than me. Bro, it's it, like I, I always keep thinking like when I like back to like Gary Vee, it's just like dude, like like it comes like if you're trying to be a lion, you can't be around sheep. You don't mix. Like most of your friends that don't have hustle, they'll be like, oh man, you can chill. You can eat that bad thing. Like, they're willing to, like, let you compromise. And, like, they don't get it. That like, there's somewhere you're trying to be. Like, when you want billions of dollars, you have to realize how much it really takes to get a billion dollars. Like, we're fucking greedy. It's like, that is, like, do you know that, like, like 3% of, like, the top earners in the world make $250,000? The top 3%. That means the, the, the that's not even that much money. Yeah, the top one percent four hundred and forty thousand. Which means that if you're doing anything above that, you're fucking greedy. So then you gotta realize, but then the life, the life that it takes to be able to leave that—I mean, that's very low sleep. You don't see your family, multiple marriages. So like, this is all shit that like I had to think about. I was like, like I have to be willing to realize that like I'm gonna be alone most of the time. My friends might not always believe. <laughs> like, and then I, then I'm like, nigga, I've been alone since I was sixteen. This ain't new to me. Like, I just realized, I'm like, wait a minute, I'm a natural born hustler because I've had to hustle since I was 16. I don't know easy. I, like, if there's no challenge, I get bored. If there's no one talking shit to me. Same. Like. Don't challenge you, I don't respect you. But once you tell me, like, I can't, I remember thinking when, oh, because Owen threw a challenge me. He was like, oh, we're going to go to this party. He's like, can you bring all the girls by yourself? I was like, and I was like, because before that, I wasn't that interested. But the moment he, like, threw a challenge at me, I was like, yeah. 
bet. bet. I'm like, I was like, bet. Like, cause now I'm just like, cause if I lose, that's cool. Like, I like hustled and like I built a really good habit. But I'm, I know I'm gonna win because I never make a bet that I'm going. I never make a bet that I'm not going to win. I don't ever bet against myself. Like I like bet like house always wins. So I know I'm like, like, do you realize who you're talking to? Like, not only will I hustle, but I have a team in place. My mind always thinks like I got multiple options. Like, like it's not about the work I do. 80-20. Uh, uh, Prado's principle. I don't know if you heard this. You'll love this shit. This this is like the most like core piece of gold. My favorite book is The Tipping Point by uh, Malcolm Gladwell. Talks about like with epidemics making anything become contagious. Three laws. The law of the few, stickiness factor. The last one is uh, context. Law of the few, 80-20 rule. So 80% of results come from 20% of your effort. So 20% of your effort at the gym gives you 80% of your results that you see. 20% of like, 20% of people in business so 20%, 20% of people like in a school are the, the social connectors that everyone else met through those 20%. Promoters in a venue, 20% of them are doing 80% of the fucking, or 80% of the work. And like 80% of the profits are coming from them. Everyone else is just kind of eating off of them. So it's about smaller teams, more focused numbers. And I was like, oh my God, that's, I don't want a big company. I want small lean startup. Cause that's 80, 20. Then it was like a uh, stickiness factor, mere exposure, just more people exposed to just seeing it again and again. I need to see Tylenol three to seven times before I have a headache, think Tylenol. Last one, context. Weather influences behavior. Um, so they were talking about like looking at uh, like epidemics like syphilis, how it, in, the, in the summer it would spread like wildfire. So it was like six bars in the community had like five people, five or 10 people within those bars that were like fucking all people spreading the virus. So most people were like, weren't getting it from like, they were getting it from people that got it from those five or six people because those people were doing most of the fucking. So like 10 or 20 good naturals that slay are spreading the disease to everyone else. But wintertime, it would slow down. Why? Because most of the people weren't at those same bars anymore. So it, it controlled it. And I was like, what the fuck? And they just kept letting, I was like, illustration. So it kept teaching me how to like market. And I was like, I'm like, I'm like, the th- I'm like it's just simple principles, just the three things. And I was like, what the? I was like, oh, that's brilliant. So like, when I went to that meeting and they were like, can you do it? I was like, I found my head. Law of the few, stickiness, and kind of was like, actually I can, because now I'm like, it's not about, it's what you know, what do you do with what you know, and who do you know? And how do you add value? And so it's what, who, and how. And I was like, oh, it's just, it's, I'm like, I can get anywhere I need to go in life. Three degrees of separation. And all it comes out is just your mindset, how you, you think about it. Knowing five or six connectors, five or six super connectors will introduce me to everybody I need to meet in a city. Nice. Drive through their network and add value to them. Be so useful, they'll just keep introducing you to more people and you just keep going like leveling up. The hottest girls I met came from like one or two friends of mine. Business opportunities, one or two friends of mine. It always was like a small crew of like certain people that like were the connectors that like gave me everything I needed. And I'm like, damn, I don't need a large crew. I just need like my five. I need my, like, my Navy SEAL team. And that's what's gonna, all my damage will be done from them. So I was like, I need to surround myself with other connectors that add value like I do because the more of those people that I have in my network, the bigger my network grows. And then their network grows, so it just becomes like this collab. No, you're right. I'm still like trying to like find those five really like. You're, you're solid. Yeah, I'm still trying to like, uh, I know exactly what it is. Like, cause like at some point I was like meeting a lot of people and, and then I realized 
yeah, like they're adding value, but like it's not, it's not what targeted. I want. Like, see, and that's what you, that's what you know what happens. You I have to be want, clear like, about what you're looking for, and like that's where uh, they say like qualification, which is basically like priming people for like what you're looking for and what you need specifically from them. Because then that way they know exactly how to like target. So I left uh, this meeting with uh, Bounty Models, and the whole time I in the whole meeting I just wanted to find out like what is he looking for, what does he want? Because then I can know, I can I think I can add value this way, or I can know specifically how to add value. Because value is very arbitrary depending on person to person. If I know exactly what your pain points are, then I know exactly how to add value to you. Because then you're telling me how to help you, but me just trying to hypothetically. Two ideas. I'm gonna be that person that's sitting there in front of you, and you're just like squirrel. Yeah. Huh, yeah, yeah. Exactly. True. True. I think this is. It's funny. I'm like, is there anything else we want to cover? Because this was pretty. Like, yeah, yeah. I was this like, was dank. Okay, like, like, I was supposed to leave 50 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. Dude, this is solid. Yo, I hope you guys enjoyed the content here for this. Uh, you know, so we're gonna like this is this podcast is pretty much a lot about like a lot of like digital marketing, like network, like high level networking and, and business. So. You know, love peas and chicken grease, live long and prosper. Deuce. What is that? Uh, anchor. Anchor. What is it? So what anchor is, it's a uh